everybody. It is episode 68 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. Today, we're going to talk about the mushy middle and how to get through it. Yeah. But before we do that, how was your week? Oh, busy as always. Um, trying to ramp up on experiments again. So doing that, uh, trying to think of what else I did. I don't remember. A lot of my days were really busy. And when I have very busy days, I don't remember a lot of what I do. Because uh, there's like a lot of little things and stuff. Um, but it was it was good. It wasn't a bad week. It was pretty decent. And I'm happy to be here recording. So not bad. How was yours? A uh, long week. Um, my mom, Nana, had fallen and broken her tailbone. Mm-hmm. She had hit her head. I think she might have cracked her ribs as well. They didn't mm-hmm. pay much attention to her ribs because of her tailbone. Uh. Um, so my sister, your aunt went up there. And then after she had to come home. Your dad and I went up there. So we were up there all week. Yeah. Um, taking care of them, doing I mean, they're they're doing okay. She just can't do laundry and she can't go grocery shopping and she can't do that kind of thing. So all the little things, yeah. We went up and helped them with that. Um so that it's it was a long week. It was great to see them though. It was yeah. nice to be able to go see them in person. They've been immunized, they've had their shots, so that was a, a good thing. Um, but other than that, just, I'm very tired. Court starts tomorrow. I get my second shot tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then I get, I get mine on Tuesday. So yeah, we're recording this at our not usual time. This is uh, Sunday, Sunday, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, Uh, it is Sunday. Uh, so yeah, so on Monday I get to, uh, get my second shot. I hope I don't have a reaction because this is my chaos court week and that would really suck. Um, Yep. But uh, what are you eating and drinking? Um, so my uh, department at my college does a meat sale every Friday. Um, so I went to the meat sale and I got things, you know, like pork chops and all that jazz. But they have these uh, pepperoni snack sticks. Oh, So I got a few of those. And then I have some cheddar slices uh, that I'm also eating with Do it, you have so. the pepperoni sticks in front of you or did you eat them all? I have... I have a meager plate left. Oh, I've eaten a bunch so of them. Fun. Oh, I want some. I almost got cheese out. I meant to get cheese out, but trying to get this set up was a disaster. I'm missing yeah. things that apparently I left up in Virginia. And anyway, so just be glad I'm here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, fair I, enough. I'm just glad I'm here. But I'm drinking a sriracha. And I don't know if I've ever told everybody what that is. Oh, no, I don't think so. It's basically a dirty martini with sriracha sauce in it. And it is fabulous. And I like to spice it up a little bit and use garlic stuffed olives. Nice. Yep. So it is very, very tasty. That's awesome. Okay. So I have jokes. All right. Let's hear them. But. They aren't very good jokes. I was trying to find something since we're talking about the middle of the book. I was trying to find things with middle in them. And okay. So if you chop, chop down a tree in the middle of the forest, but the tree doesn't understand why you chopped it down. Do you think it's stumped? (laughs) (laughs) Why is your nose in the middle of your face? Why? Because it's the center. S-E-N-T-E-R. It's hard to, that's one that you read that you get. And the chicken got sent off in the middle of the baseball match because of their persistent foul play. Foul play. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Those weren't bad. They were pretty bad. <laughs> that, that was oh, not no, an no. easy topic to come up with something with. No, no, that was fine. That was great. <laughs> okay. So writing the middle, I, I think this is a, a good topic. It's something I always struggle with. I agree. And I, you know, we could probably do multiple episodes about writing the middle mm-hmm. or, you know, there are various topics um, that you would employ in the middle of your novel that would be good for other, um, other podcast mm-hmm. uh, episodes. I agree. I, I think there's a lot to talk about, about the middle of the book. I think so. So what is it about writing the middle of the story that's so difficult? Why is there this, you know, stereotype of the mushy middle or the saggy middle or mm-hmm. the boring middle, whatever? Um, and first and foremost, I think it's easy to lose momentum when you're writing tens of thousands of words. Yeah. Uh, I purpose, like I, uh, personally lose my momentum all the time and it's really difficult to get it back. Yeah. The, the middle of the book is definitely the hardest part for me. I think we've done beginnings and endings Mm -hmm. and we talked about how those were for us. I'm not, it's not that hard to begin a book for me. No. Yeah. And I, I always know the ending but it takes the epiphany for me to get the ending done. So it's a little bit harder than the beginning, but it's the middle that just, it sucks. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, it's the point you got so many plot lines going. Yeah. That my, my brain is limited because I am old now. And it, although I had this trouble even when I was younger, but it's really hard to keep track of all the different plot lines that you've got going and you lose track and you, get sidetracked and that takes you off course. Um, I lose track of the timing of the book. I'm like, what day is it? And who did what, when, and when is the deadline we have to get, it's just really hard to keep it all together. Yeah. And I think, you know, trying to figure out what order those plot lines need to go in and, you know, for the pacing to make sense and for the story to make sense. Mm -hmm. And then um, I know a lot of the time I talked about it on here before I make a PowerPoint of my timeline so that I don't lose track of the timing of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to have to start doing that. That's I I feel like I'm a, a newbie, even though I'm not new at writing, I've been writing for a long time. I'm still inexperienced and I'm learning so much from doing this podcast. Absolutely. That's one thing that you've taught me that I think I need to do to make my writing a little bit more professional. I mean, I write for fun generally, but it sure would be nice to get published and be professional enough to be published. Oh, I agree. I just like, I know what I enjoy in a novel. So I would love to recreate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The PowerPoint timeline thing is something that I came up with. Um, at some point along the way. Yeah, very, very smart. I, I Hopefully our readers, I mean, our readers, our listeners, hopefully yeah. they'll be our readers someday. Readers in the future, maybe? In the future. <laughs> um, I, I hope that that has helped them as well, because I, I think it is a really brilliant idea. And I am definitely going to try to do that. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason that the middle might be saggy is you may discover plot holes that you have in your writing. And that's going to bring you to a stop because you're like, oh, I have to fix that. I need to see, you know, where things went wrong. Well, Um, and sometimes you have a plot hole and you don't know it and things aren't working and you don't know why. Right. And it's because you have a plot hole and it, you can't fix it until you realize, oh, oh, I've got a plot hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Um, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, And I I think we should do one for a whole episode. Um, Oh, Yeah, Yeah, that's, oh, I think so. I think fixing plot holes that I don't, I would tell me more. (laughs) I want to know more about that one. 
<laughs> well, that's, I was just writing it down. So I, I wrote it down. It's written down. Hopefully we will get to it someday. Well, and, and finding plot holes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't find a plot hole until your beta reader's reading it and they're like, oh. He's like, this is wrong. Yeah. Uh, like, you can't do that because of blah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah good point. Uh, it may uh, be that your novel needs more action in the middle. You know, mm-hmm. action's a big part of that center of the story. There should always be action and reaction. Um, so if the middle feels mushy or slow or did, did you just poke yourself in the face? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very good. I, I, y'all, I have a a little cocktail stick that has three olives. My mouth is watering, <laughs> stuffed with garlic. And I went to take a drink, and the whole thing went bam right into my right nose, into her face. Yeah, that was, uh, that was very good. I'm I'm sorry to distract <laughs> you there. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, but maybe your middle is lacking in action. Maybe that's a reason that it feels mushy or saggy. Yeah. To me, that is a very, very fair statement. Um, I, I have issues with that and adding action would definitely be a way to move it forward and, you know, throwing rocks, right. That kind of, we always say that. Absolutely. It'll probably Um, come up many times during this podcast and future ones in several episodes in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it could be that your middle has a lot of filler. So you can ask yourself, you know, is everything in the middle important to your overall plot? Uh, do the characters feel like they're floundering? Like they don't really know what they're doing. Um, is there a sense of direction for your plot? And if, now, if not, then maybe there's a lot of filler. Do you think that that's something that you figure out on the rewrite or do you figure it out as you're trying to write it? Well, I do it on my rewrite. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff in my first drafts that can be cut I cut entire storylines out of Louie and Delaney as I rewrote it. Um, when, when you are writing and you know that there is a plot hole yeah. or there's something's wrong, do you just keep writing to go ahead and get through the story or do you actually stop right then and fix it? I find it really difficult to keep going. There's a book that I'm writing that's none of the ones that I've told you guys about, but there's one that I'm writing uh, and I already know the things that I want to change when I rewrite it. And so I'm 50,000 words into it and I'm like, I already know what I want to change. I know how I want to change things. You're going to keep writing or are you going to stop now and rewrite? I'm going to try to keep writing because what is wrong with it are things that can definitely be changed in a rewrite and it doesn't necessarily affect the plot okay. too much. So okay. I think I, it depends. I do a whole lot of editing as I go. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a sign that I am not a good writer or I don't think I, I don't, a, I, I mean, I think everybody, yeah, people yeah. do things different ways. Um, but I will not leave a chapter or a scene or whatever it is that I'm working on until it feels right. Right. That's not to say it doesn't need to be edited, but I will work it and work it and work it and rework it until I feel, okay, now I'm ready to move on. And yeah. you're not. Okay. No, I find that I get stuck a lot and I will just cut 18,000 words and then go on from where I cut the 18,000 words and it works way better. That hurts uh, me. <laughs> well, I mean, like we've talked about it. I cut it I and know. put it in another document. And you save that. it. So it's still there. It's protected just in case. Right. But I'm more likely to do that than I am to just completely set a rewrite. Although I say that and I've done that a billion times with Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wondered if, if you got halfway through to this mushy middle. Yeah. If you ever said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to start over again. 
No, I'm actually more likely to look at all the storylines that I have and figure out where I want to go with them. Like what is my end goal with each of the storylines that I have uh, and what needs to happen in order to get there. Interesting. Um, Which I talk a little bit about. I totally took us off topic, but I was was curious. It was relevant. (laughs) I love to hear how you do things because you're teaching me and I I wish that our listeners would tell us what they do because I'm so eager to hear other ways of doing things. I agree. Yeah. Um, So what is the middle of the story really? And, you know, I know that this seems obvious, but I like to put things out there in pretty clear terms so that it's Mm -hmm. very, uh, very clear what I'm trying to get across. We're all on the same page because some people assume certain things. Different things. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the middle of the story is like, so if you follow the three act structure, which we've talked a little bit about in previous episodes, then the middle would be act two. So it's smack in the middle between one and three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where your main character's journey occurs. So it's really where your character leaves the home, um, you know, the, the home, the steady state, the, you know, the beginning of the novel. Yeah. The inciting incident has happened. Right. The middle is where exactly that those to yeah. unravel or ravel or whatever it is. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> pick your pick your word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's where the journey occurs. So they mm-hmm. like you said, the inciting incident occurs and everything that happens after that is going to be your middle until that uh plot line or those issues or the conflict gets resolved at the end. Mm-hmm. Um so most of the action takes place in the middle, and that's really what it is here. It's like all these plot lines you have going are, uh, you know, there are actions that are being taken by your characters in order to go through this plot. Okay. So what makes up the middle of the story? So there are like different pieces that you can kind of break it down into. And this is a area that I do think that we could do a whole different episode on what are the parts. I agree. You know, is there a formula? What, you know, which I haven't looked at that because that wasn't the focus of this of today, uh, uh, right. but I think that there, if there is a formula, I would love to know what it is. Yeah. You know, what am I looking for to get through the middle? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's the first mini goal, uh, more mini goals and then rock bottom. Um, so you've got, you know, your mini goal is basically the smaller steps that it's going to take to reach a bigger goal. Uh, and your characters are always going to have some big goal in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. So think about what your character wants and what steps they need to take to get there. And those steps are those mini goals that I'm talking about. Okay. So for example, you know, you got to get money in order to pay for the medical condition. So what are the steps to getting the money? Um, And then, you know, once you have the money, what are the steps to get it, you know, the medical condition paid for or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crossing the road to a store without getting hit by a car. Um, That in itself is just a small goal. It Uh, is. Let me cross the street one foot in front of the other, but also I got to go fast. And also I have to, you know, so you have these mini goals uh, in order to achieve not getting hit by a car and getting to the store. I think that that makes a book realistic as well. You can't jump these hurdles and have a book, you know, it's not satisfying to me as a reader to have the writer, I mean, the have the book or the character get somewhere without going through these goals. You can't just go from point A to point B without the, you have to know what's going on in between. Right. Um, I mean, and also these mini goals that you're talking about, they help keep the reader turning the pages. It gives them Absolutely. something to cheer for. Oh, they made it across the street. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, also like they make your, re- your, your reader question things, you know, how is mm-hmm. the main character going to reach the main goal? What happens next? What's the mini goal? So like you said, it keeps your reader turning those pages. 
Yeah. Um, and it'll make, it'll, it'll hook your reader in and, uh, you know, keep them engaged with your story. Yeah. It's easy to hook the reader in the beginning. We mm-hmm. talked about hooks before, or if we haven't, we need to, we need to do right. an episode on hooks if we haven't. Um, and it's always exciting at the end when all the stuff is happening and coming to a climax and everything is being tied up, but it's not so easy to keep people hooked in the middle. Yeah. In that center. Um, it, does help create that tension when the reader has to ask those questions about, you know, how are they going to do this? You know, we know that the ultimate goal is this, but how are they going to get there? And that is what keeps them turning the pages. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Another part of the middle is conflict, which we have done a whole episode on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So go and find that if you're curious about what we had to say, Mm -hmm. Uh, but keep your reader on the edge of their seat in the middle of your story by throwing rocks at your MC, your main character, which you mentioned earlier. Yay rocks. We love rocks. Yeah. 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 Cause we want them to try to achieve these mini goals. And, but we also want, you know, to see them struggle to achieve these mini goals. I mean, and that's kind of the same thing as a subplot, but not. Mm-hmm. Did right. we do an episode on subplots? I feel like we should if we haven't. I don't know. We'll have to look. We've done Write a lot of episodes now. now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, but subplots are a big part of the middle as well. This conflict um, that you're talking about, subplots yeah. help raise, and it, it's not the main conflict necessarily. Just right. conflict in some way or another to keep that reader going, what's going to happen next? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, which brings me to my next piece of the middle, which is failures. Um, let your characters fail. It's much more interesting to see how someone handles a failure than a success, especially when the stakes are high. I love failures. Yeah. Um, it makes the characters real. It make it keeps the book real. It makes me wonder, you know, I'm like, oh, no, what are they going to do now? What's that? Yeah. That, that didn't work. What are we going to do? I, I love that. Definitely. I agree. I think, you know, seeing what your characters are made of is the whole point of telling a story. I think um, so too. You know, if, if they don't fail, then there is no story. It was like, oh, cool. You did a thing and got it. That's awesome. And, and don't forget your side characters too. All, right. all of this, the, the, the overall plot can be enriched and thickened by delving into these things with side characters as well. Yeah. Some of my favorite characters are side characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, like what I consider part of the middle is just new plans. Uh, So, you know, always have a next step up and coming in your story. Um, It'll keep your reader engaged and guessing about what's to come in your novel. It'll keep your main character acting. And then it'll also invoke reactions, evoke, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you'll get that action and reaction that we're looking for in order to keep your reader engaged and guessing about the story. also consider like, are you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm pouring some more drink, but it's spilling on my table. She made the face of struggles, y'all. Um, uh, but okay, so think of your middle as like building blocks. It's your not middle a struggle anymore. Sorry, I've very got a good, full drink good. now. <laughs> sorry, y'all. Uh, it's I'm a very sorry. pretty color. It's like isn't orange. it? That's it's the like sriracha. The sriracha sauce makes it do that. It's very nice. Is it spicy? It is a little mm. bit, and mm. it. I don't know how to describe the flavor. My mouth is watering and I've already had one. <laughs> um, I, I didn't mean to take you away from that, but oh, y'all, no. this is so good. I'll, I'll post the recipe on, on our website. It's absolutely it's excellent. We love the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So your, your middle is made of building blocks. I really love 
thinking about it in this way. Um, I think I really enjoy organization and, um, you know, structure to things. So like, uh, if you're like me, then, you know, building blocks is a good way to think about it. So think about putting together mini plot after mini plot, and then your middle is less amorphous and more like a series of stories that fit together to make the larger plot as a whole. Yeah. So it's not like this blob or this saggy middle. It's like a set of storylines. The, the middle can be overwhelming. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I like to use flow charts at this point. Yeah. And because I'm a visual person and to see the little flow charts works for me. And and it is like what you said. That's why I like my whiteboard, mm-hmm. which is behind me. I love your whiteboard. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, same. I like your idea of flow charts. I like having the visual. Um, I like being able to see things laid out. Uh, so and I can and tell color coding like. too. Now y'all color oh, yes. coding works especially well when you're working on individual plot lines. You can have absolutely each plot be a different color. I mean, that's how I visualize it. So if I've got a purple stuck over here in the middle of the yellow, it, it, it makes me think, okay, I need to see, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And sometimes it's a great thing because you want mm-hmm. to bring, you know, you're wanting to, to mash it all up and make it interesting Right. But you also, it's a red flag to you to just check on that and say, oh, this might not belong here. It might belong somewhere else. Yeah. So color coding for me is a thing. No, I think that's great. Um, I used to buy colored pencils all the time. I use colors when I'm on my whiteboard. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a really good way to keep your storylines organized and make sure that you've uh, completed them how you need to. I, I use colored sticky notes. Oh, nice. If you could see my desk right now, it is covered in colored sticky notes. Uh for various things, but I don't actually use the colors for color coding. I just enjoy the colors. I, I do <laughs> like colors too. They're pretty. It makes me feel good. I use the, um, there's an app on the computer. Oh yeah. Called sticky notes, I think. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I like to put those all over my desktop Yeah. when I'm no, trying to remember, you know, remember things, whatever. No, that's that was fantastic. totally off point. Okay. All right. Uh, so here are some tips for nine tips to keep the middle moving. And I got this information off of nownovel.com written by Bridget McNulty. Uh, I found so this it's, too. It's an excellent oh, nice. article. Yeah. You all should go look it up. Bridget. Yeah. McNulty. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She goes into way more depth than I'm going mm-hmm. to here. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I pulled out the key points uh, that she had about writing the middle and making sure that it's not saggy or mushy. Mm-hmm. Um, so her first point was to change locations for new developments and challenges. Uh, and the reason for this is this can add mystery and intrigue to the no- no- blah, blah, blah. I'm not even drinking alcohol. <laughs> I was say, what are you drinking? You didn't say. <laughs> I'm drinking tea. I wanted some caffeine. So drinking tea. Um, alcohol works for me. Caffeine, me. Fair. Well, Although listen. in the morning, I can't really do the alcohol thing. So I do have tea in the morning. But, well, I mean, you could, you just might get judged. Well, especially when I'm in court, I might get judged and sent to jail. <laughs> <laughs> very judged. Very, very judged. No, really, really judged. Really judge. judged. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but changing locations can add mystery and intrigue to your novel as you reveal new places for your character to get in trouble. I mean, think about all those memes you see about books taking you away. You're, yeah. You know, so changing the locale can be a huge way to do that. And freaking fairies, she goes, Beck goes all over the place. She starts in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but we get to see St. Thomas, which is a beautiful island. 
she gets to go to New Orleans. And so we as yeah. the reader get to go to New Orleans uh, at, yeah. at Halloween, no less, which is a splendid yeah. time. Um, we get to see the white, which is something that us normal humans never see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that adds interest in the middle of your book, going to all these new places. How exciting is that? Oh, she goes to uh, the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Oh, she does. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. And before, the fairies, uh, burned the fa- fairies did that. Oh, okay. The fairies burned it. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. But yeah, I mean, that's half the fun of the middle is going to these new places. That's a lot of times why readers are leaving this world to come into whatever world it is that we're creating. So Absolutely. definitely a change in location can help keep that middle moving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like you said, I think it's um, just a, a really good way to get different obstacles in there to explore too. We're exploring more mm-hmm. about, you know, our world and how we've done our world building. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you new rocks to throw at your main character. We love rocks. We do love rocks. Uh, different kinds of people to interact with. You can introduce all kinds of characters that are going to be enriching for your story or, I mean, you know, detrimental to your main character. And think about it. You know, I like to go to the airport and just people watch, they Mm -hmm. are so fascinating. And think about how the characters that your main character meets put obstacles or change the course of their direction. I mean, it's so fascinating. I love to watch people. I love to, to watch, to think of characters and what they do. Yeah, definitely. And the middle is the place to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just add in a bunch of new characters. It's fun. Absolutely. Um, use the middle to raise uncertainty about your character's goals. So make your reader wonder if your main character is going to falter in their main goal by adding mm-hmm. more obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the example that uh, Bridget had in her article was about Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Uh, so Frodo has to get the ring to Mordor. That is the main goal. Mm-hmm. He needs to destroy the ring. But he encounters like all these new characters, all these new people, new monsters, dangerous situations along the way. And those throw him off course for a time. And sometimes we're like, are you still getting the ring to mortar? Like, are you Mm -hmm. still on your way there? Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, it's good when you're writing to make them actually even question whether their goal is the right goal or not. I mean, did Frodo at any point, which he really didn't, but was there, could there be any point where your main character is like, forget this, this is too hard. I can't do it. Right. Or have them wonder whether, wait a minute, is destroying the ring really the right thing? Right. What what if I gave it to so-and-so? Could they, they might really could use it for good. You know, you can change their perception of what the main goal is. And that's interesting. That is interesting. That's a really good point, actually. Mm -hmm. That'd be really fun to make your reader question. Yeah. You know, because we all think, oh, you know, point A is where we're going. And then as all these facts and things and knowledge is coming out, you're going, maybe point A isn't really what we want to do after all. Right. Which is cool. I think that is very cool. That's like a plot twist situation. It is. Yeah. I love plot twists. I do too. Uh, Another episode. Absolutely. (laughs) We could probably do plot twists. Oh, we could. I like that. Write it it down. All right. We'll never get to see each other, y'all. So this is our time that we actually talk. So yes. 
All right. Uh, so also increased plot complications and character obstacles, which we talked about above um, or before above on my notes. Um, <laughs> but as, as we talked about, uh, you know, throw more rocks at your main character. We mm-hmm. love the rocks. We do throw them, throw them hard. Mm-hmm. Um, create subplots. This is what you were talking about earlier. Yes. Uh, that add interest to your main story arc. So subplots are some of my favorite things personally, mm-hmm. and they all should tie together in the end to make a strong cohesive plot and give your readers more to enjoy. It's like enriching for your story. Or at least uh, tie into a future. If you're doing a series, plots are going right. to extend beyond one book. Um, but this is also a great time to look at side character stories. I think I've, I think everybody that listens to us knows I love side characters Yeah, yeah. Um, and they are subplots kind of, so to speak. But I love to learn about rocks for our side characters and what they have to face and yeah. the the conflicts that they have to go. And that would be in the middle of the book as well. Right. Also right. help turn those pages. Definitely. Um, introduce interesting minor characters. So we talked about this before, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have episodes on creating characters and how to make them more realistic, especially mm-hmm. if they're side characters. Uh, we kind of have an ongoing series talking about the different character archetypes that are included in stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely introduce all kinds of different characters to keep your readers interested. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget that they're the main characters of their own stories and they should act like it. Do you think, I love asking you these questions in the middle yeah. of our podcast, which you're not ready for. Um, yeah. Do you think it's ever too late to introduce a new character? Wow. Um no, actually. Uh, well, okay. I think it depends. Is your story going to be a series? Because if you introduce a character um, too late uh, in a book that's a standalone and we don't get their story and it doesn't really seem like there's a reason for him to be there or her other than to, you know, use Make a plot, the character plot get armor. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right then I think that, that you shouldn't do that. I think that's uh, quote unquote lazy, lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that said, if you have the first book of a series and you introduce someone at the end, I think that's plot twist material as long as you explore it in future storylines. I love that. See, y'all, I put her on the spot. She had no <laughs> idea I was going to ask her that question. And that was a great answer. That was a good question. Um, I love, I love answering questions. I know this is, this is what got us to do this podcast because we would do this. We would go out and sit on our deck and just have a drink and talk writing. We love writing and I, we would ask each other these questions and that is what we finally were like, we should record this. (laughs) Absolutely. And then we did. (laughs) And so now we have 60, what are we? 68, I think. Yeah. We said it at the beginning of this. (laughs) And, you know, it's because we love the art of writing and I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love talking about it and I learn so much from you and I think you learn from me and I would love to learn from our listeners. There's a lot to be, whether you are Stephen King, which Uh I love him dearly, as you know, because I talk about him all the time. Yeah. He still has stuff to learn too. Yeah. I think. I don't think you can ever stop learning in terms of like perfecting your craft. Your well, and then also your, it's going to change. Like your tastes are also going to change. Mm-hmm. You could also try a different genre and like that kind of thing. So I wonder if we could ever get Stephen King to be on our show. I have doubts. <laughs> hey, I follow him on face on um, 
Twitter. So maybe, maybe. We'll go <laughs> with maybe. It's never a 0% chance. He How is like that. <laughs> one of my all-time writing heroes ever. Yeah, yeah. He's just, the, the intensity that he can see inside people's minds. And convey it. To be able to do that is brilliant. Some of his stories, you know, people are like, oh, well, I could have written that. No, you couldn't. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I'm sorry, but Stephen King is in a class of his own and he has that ability to, I mean, you might've come up with the Uh storyline, but the way he gets inside a character's head is absolutely amazing. He's very good at characterization. Yeah. Uh, I'll send him a. <laughs> a, a notification, and we'll see if he responds. He's probably going to go, oh "My God, these girls are crazy." And he's going to be like, "Nah, <laughs> no, I don't think so." But nah, <laughs> that'll be a goal of ours. We'll try to get Stephen King on here at some point. Hey, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen. Okay, um, where were we? Well, I I think it's funny that we got off topic because my next point is to stay focused. <laughs> Which we don't do very well, obviously. No. Um, stay, <laughs> stay focused on your character's end goals. Um, so, you know, while you make them falter a bit and you want your reader to kind of question, you know, their motives and whether or not mm-hmm. they're going to actually reach their goal, there is a goal that started the story for your main character on their journey in the first place. So make sure you pay mind to that and that the actions that your character takes um, makes sense in terms of that goal and whether or not that goal has changed. Yeah. Even if you go with what I was talking about earlier about changing that question of, is this really what we want to do? Right. Definitely. If you're going to alter that end goal, you've got to think about how to do that. You're right. And and the middle would be the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, build to a smaller peak. So kind of like a false climax in your story. Um, and this would be in the middle. I often see like a lot of articles talk about it being the 50% mark, um, you know, at exactly halfway. So this is often when the mentor character dies and leaves your main character kind of like, oh, oh, what do I do now? Um, or they leave and, you know, basically your main character is left on their own. Uh, and that adds tension and conflict to the story. I mean, it could be a time when something major is resolved though. Um, it's true. Yeah. I, I hate to Karen mining, which we have talked about many, many times so much. So her whole book, her whole beginning of her books were reaching, you know, we're all going for this one goal. And in the middle of one of her books, she reached it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? So that's actually a great tip that I've read uh, from various sources where people are like, you know what? You have your antagonist resolve that conflict at 50%. Mm-hmm. What happens next? And, and you're did, like, oh, God. Did that not make us go, what the fuck? What are we, yeah. what are we supposed to do now? Th- right. That should end the whole story. Exactly. And she brilliantly went on and she's still, she's still writing that, that yeah. series. No, I think she just finished it. Did she? I haven't read. Yep. When does it come out? The last one. You already own it. I bought it for you. Oh, she bought it. I haven't <laughs> read it. I am y'all. I am so far behind. I finished the Grave Witch series, which it was the end of that series. And it was amazing. Yep. You all have to read that. Um, and I can't remember her name it's right now. Good. It's Alex Craft by Kalena Price. I think. Kalena Price. That's it. Yes. That 
is a wonderful, 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 wonderful series. If you yeah. all have not read that and you're urban fantasy people, it's very good. You got to go read it. It is very good. Um, but Karen Monning also, she, yes. oh yeah. Is one of she our is favorites. Something else. Yeah. I know I'm in the middle of a uh, Patricia Briggs stuff too which she's another big name in urban fantasy, i so. just started over the whole hey. briggs series because i am there's you got me two of the books that i haven't read yet one of them y'all was signed by her yeah it made me cry it was a it did. and yep. i cried um and oh, can i tell a quick story about that yes so oh i ordered these books and i order them for both of us every single year Um, and so I'll get, I'll get them in and I'll be like, okay, mom, I sent you your book or whatever. And so I get this book, uh, and I ordered just one from Amazon for me because it was unsigned and I ordered her the signed one for mother's day and that was her present. So it came later. Mine came first. And so I get this book and dad, it goes, oh, is that the new Mercy Thompson book? And I was like, you weren't supposed to say anything. I was like, yes, it is. And mom, mom goes, I thought, did you order me one? And I was like, oh, oh no, it was too much money. And you're like, I pay you back. I was like, oh, God, oh no. And so then I felt like a horrible daughter. But meanwhile, I had the second book coming in for her that was signed. That was actually signed, you all. Yes. yes I by love Patricia, Patricia Briggs. Briggs. It made me cry. I yeah. cried. So I felt like a horrible daughter for like two seconds, but I knew, I knew what was coming. So. And then when I cried, you felt like a great daughter because you yes. made your mother cry. Well, yeah, but for good reasons. <laughs> it was a good cry. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. We are off topic. Way off topic. (laughs) So my next point is to shorten the middle of, to move to the resolution sooner. And I just think it's funny that we're going off on a bunch of tangents. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously we don't do the middle very well. No. Well, I, or we do it very well. Hopefully the, uh, our listeners enjoy. Are y'all turning the pages? Maybe they've already logged off. They're like, no, we, we left. Um, but yeah, so you can shorten the middle to move to the resolution sooner. So this kind of depends on like what kind of story you're trying to tell. Um, make sure you're not adding filler to your novel just because you think it needs to be longer. Uh, I think the pacing of all of your storylines are super important and a mushy middle slows down the story and can lead to readers putting your book down overall. Yeah. The middle is very hard y'all. You can, you can change up scenes to mm-hmm. keep it from being stagnant, um, yeah. an action scene here, a different kind of scene, a love scene here, a quiet scene here. Um, right. Keeping it different helps move it along. If you yeah. if you have it the same, and we talked about this before, where if it's all action all the time, your your readers like I can't, I can't, and they have to put yeah. it down at some point. You've got to give them ups and downs. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, oh, wow. I skipped, I skipped mine. Okay. I'm good. I'm fine. Um, so the last point that I have, sorry about that. I like scrolled my notes all the way down somehow. Um, read the middle chapters of your favorite books and take notes on elements such as plot development and setting. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite tips to give people, uh, just because, you know, if you're a writer, you're probably a reader and, you know, check out and study your favorite books and writing your own stories. Yeah. But as we've talked about before, Cresley Cole, Karen Monning, you go to study them and you get sucked into it and you're like, wait a minute, I was supposed to be researching and I just finished the book. 
Yep. What I've yeah. started to do as I'm reading Patricia Briggs is I actually am uh, studying her for plot devices. And so what I do is I read the whole book and then I just like do a summary of the plot and subplots that she had in it. Um, so I'm not trying to study like specifics of like, oh, well, at this percentage, she did this and blah, 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 blah. I'm more like an overview. But I, I think if you actually do this right after you read it for the first time, it might be better. Mm-hmm. My problem is I'll pick up a Cressley Cole book, which I haven't read in, you know, three years. I can't help but get sucked into it. But if you, if you read it right then, and then you go back to study. Well, that's it. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. That's, I, so I read it. Um, that's you know, very I'm, smart. I'm rereading Patricia Briggs right now. I've read these books at least twice, I think. Uh, the Alpha and Omega ones. She is so brilliant, you all. You've got to good. read her. I, I'm sure most of our listeners have. And if you haven't, I'm scolding you. You should do it. You should. Um, yeah, but obviously your favorite authors have kept you engaged. So they must have done the middle right. So kind of going and seeing what they did is a really good way to figure out how you can write your own middle. Um, and then that's the last that I have on notes. I don't have anything else either. All right. I do have an interview question. Okay. So what location do you like to write the most for a scene? So like, for example, do you like writing a scene in a kitchen or outdoors or in a public building or whatever? That is hard to say. I do really well at the tea shop down the street, which you and I have both written out together. Yeah. I I don't do as well at home. Yeah. Which That would be a perfect place because I am comfortable here and whatever. But I have too many other distractions going on. Mm -hmm. I think if I had a dream world that I could live in, I would do it outside. Yeah, I I am an outdoor person. I would do it on our deck in the sun with the umbrella up and a martini. Absolutely. Um, That would be my dream place. What about you? I like the tea shop. Um, just because, you know, I think, uh, I feel a little bit more, oh, what's the word responsible is not the right word. I feel a little bit more like I have to be doing something when I'm surrounded by other people. I'm like, oh, like there are other people here. I'm going to focus on this thing. Plus we go together. Yeah. Which I mean, to me that writing with you, I am looking forward to y'all. We have decided we're going to do some writer weekends and, Yes. I think we will do some episodes from our writer weekend. Blah, blah, blah. Writer weekend. I've been drinking. I'm yes, sorry. You have. Uh, and these are very strong drinks. Um, <laughs> but now that COVID is slowing down and we're getting to the point where we're going to be vaccinated, I think you're about to be vaccinated for your second shot, right? Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah. See, once that happens, we can go back to real life and I want to go, I want to have a writer's weekend. Absolutely. And I would love if any of our listeners would say, hey, we'll come to Atlanta. Hey, that would be fun. We would meet you at a, we can pick a spot and have a writer's weekend where we all concentrate on our own things, but are yet together. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. It would be great. I would love to connect with you all. Absolutely. And my daughter. I. Never get to see her. No, that's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> Even if you all, you know, say, hey, forget that. I would love to meet with my daughter. Yeah, fair enough. 
I would also love a writing weekend. I think that'd be good. We'll have to do that. And we'll, we'll uh, podcast from a writer's weekend. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I do have a sentence challenge also for those of oh, you who participate in. You sentences. mean for Jen? For Jen. Um, <laughs> and, and potentially myself in the future, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but the sentence is, it was in the middle of the ocean. Ooh. So good oh, luck with that. Jen. I love that. <laughs> and anyone else. Good luck, Jen. Of course. <laughs> so thank you all for listening. We love every one of you, honestly. Um, our, come visit us at our website. Wow, I am slurring my words. This is a really strong drink, you guys. Um, eat www.eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. Come support us, please, at our Patreon at patreon.com slash edw. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for Deanna and Jen. We yep. love you dearly. You all are helping us keep doing this. Absolutely. Um, hopefully you all are getting something out of it. Um, and if, you know, if there's any writers conferences you all are going to now that COVID is maybe winding down, a little bit. let us know. We will try to come. Absolutely. Um, if we know y'all are going to be there, we will try to be there and we can do an episode that has you all on it. How cool would that be? That would be awesome. So Love you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all.